Gamecocks Now. It's the ultimate USC sports newsletter. Get inside access to all Carolina sports year-round. Written by Post and Courier reporter David Kloniger, Gamecocks Now includes insights and experience from his over 20 years on the beat. You won't find this from anyone else. Plus, subscribers get access to all Carolina and Clemson sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two-week free trial today at postandcourier.com slash Now. Hi, this is Gene Savikoff. I'm the Post and Courier sports columnist and college football editor. Welcome to the Post and Courier's Countdown to Kickoff. And in this edition, we feature the South Carolina Gamecocks starring Post and Courier beat writer David Kloniger. And before I get going with David, I just want to tell you that for my money, one of the very coolest newsletters in sports or in anything going right now is David Kloniger's Gamecock newsletter. I mean, there is so much cool stuff in there on and off the field from David DC, as we lovingly call him. And you can subscribe to that at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. Well, let's get going with the first 2022 real regular season, real football countdown to kickoff edition and I welcome in David Kloniger. And uh, David, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, Shane Beamer and company came out with their two deep depth chart this week. Uh, what did you see on there that caught your eye? Well, I appreciate the intro, Gene. I don't know about lovingly called me DC. I mean, it's my initials and everything. But hey, it's cool. You know, I appreciate the shout out. But uh, and a quick shout out to everybody who's watching this. You know, hey, we made it. You know, football season is here and they'll be back in williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday night. So uh, bring your raincoat if you're coming. 50% chance you're in. But uh, about the depth chart, Gene, you know, it's it, there weren't a lot of surprises on it, which is good to see. I mean, last year, obviously, there was a big surprise. Uh, you know, that we knew about uh, one week in the preseason camp when Luke Doty went down. And I still remember eating last year on uh, the Tuesday when the depth chart came out. It's like, okay, so they're going to do this. They're going to start a 24-year-old graduate assistant at quarterback. Uh, okay, we'll see how this goes. But obviously things worked out uh, last year. And this year they substantially upgraded the position with Spencer Rattler. And Luke Doty will be his top backup. And they've got really four guys who could come in if they were to need a third quarterback. Uh, nothing against the four QBs who started last year. But you get a guy like Spencer Rattler. Everybody knows that name. He'll be able to come in here and probably do some things that they just weren't able to see last year at South Carolina. Uh, but, you know, no surprises. Um, you know, a few injuries. Christian Beal Smith, who would probably have been the backup running back, will now be at best a third string if he can play Saturday night. It's still an iffy proposition. Punter Kai Kroger got hurt in the preseason, so he missed a lot of camp. He is back. He is practicing. We'll see if he feels good enough to get back on the field and play Saturday. But they've been uh, not auditioning a replacement, but kind of a placeholder for when Kroger does get back on the field. Other than that, uh, they stayed relatively clean with injuries. They did lose a couple of guys and Rick Sandage, who took a medical for his ankle ankle and he his playing career is over and then Chad Terrell a guy who had a really really terrific spring uh, at tight end he was going to add some depth and some special teams play to this year he tore his ACL unfortunately third torn ACL of his career just poor kid's been snake bit so he's going to be out for the season other than that though the Gamecocks have remained relatively healthy and I'm sure you guys noticed as well as I did a lot of freshmen 
specifically in that defensive secondary. So they like those guys. They brought them in here to play, and those guys might not start Saturday night, but they're going to play, and they're going to have to play a lot this season. Yeah, David, that's what I want to ask you. I think that's not surprising to us that there's five, count them, five freshmen listed as backups in the secondary cornerback and safety. Um, you know, like I said, we've kind of expected that going through spring and, and particularly fall camp here. But when you really see it in print, it's like, wow, um, I really like this defense. Um, Clayton White and company did such a good job last year. I mean, down the stretch, um, Auburn, Florida and North Carolina and hey, 30, no, 30 to nothing against Clemson. That defense played a lot better than the score indicates because the offense just couldn't get anything going. But um, I think it's uh, fairly thin. And if there's an injury or some endurance issues or something, and not so much maybe against Georgia State, but in Fayetteville next week against Georgia on September 17th, I mean, you're looking at some guys that were thinking about the high school prom just a few months ago or not long ago anyway, uh, being right in there. Uh, what are you, what's your level of concern there with secondary depth? Well, Gene, it, it's, it's always going to be a concern until those guys get out there to play. You know, you can't get experience until you get experience. So you're always worried about them not having experience. But that's just the way it is. You know, of course, you would prefer to have some guys that have played, even if it was just for a few snaps, even if it was just on special teams. But that's the deal they have. So there are five starters in the secondary. They feel very confident about them, even though one of those guys is new in Devonnie Reed, who's a transfer from Central Michigan. They brought him in specifically to say, hey, um, we got an All-American season out of a walk-on safety last year in Jalen Foster. So can you do that? And they're, they're hoping he can because he's going to start in, in Jalen Foster's vacated spot alongside R.J. Roderick at the other safety spot. So they feel really good about their starters. Uh, Darius Rush played very well last year at corner. Marcellus Dial also played very solidly as a backup corner. He will step into a starting role now because Cam Smith, who is probably the most pro-ready of USC's defensive backs, he's going to start at that nickel spot. They like it. It's Clayton White's system, 425, and they like Smith to be able to flash and not just stand out there on a boundary. He can come up and play the line. He can rush the quarterback, and if you need it, he can go back and play corner and restore some depth. But as you mentioned, it gets real thin real fast, but the only way they can get those guys behind them, the freshmen, and say, hey, we, we know you can play, is to put them out there. And you just hope that you have the situation, especially in game one, where you get a two, three touchdown lead and say, hey, uh, Marcellus, Cam, you guys come on over here, take a seat for a while. Nick Emanwari, DQ Smith, uh, Kwan Banks, you guys go out there, let's see what you can do. <clears throat> and you'll always have the option, I got my rested guys to put them back in, but Let's let the rookies play through it a little more. What you don't want is, you know, it's going to be 21 to 14 and three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Georgia State's got the ball and thinking, boy, if one of these starters gets hurt right now, it could get real interesting in Williams-Brice. Welcome again to Countdown to Kickoff. David Kloniger's post on Courier.com preview this week of the Gamecock season opener against Georgia State at Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday night. And again, you can uh, subscribe to David's very cool Gamecock Post and Courier newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks. Now, David, digging a little deeper and looking a week or two 
beyond Georgia State with that secondary depth issue. If you're Shane Beamer, Marcus Satterfield, Clayton White, I mean, we all want to see Spencer Rattler just lighting it up and throwing the ball all around. But uh, would you like to, at least maybe against Arkansas and Georgia, which I would say, at least on paper right now, looks like the Gamecocks' two toughest SEC games on the schedule, and they're back-to-back early. Would you like to have those games slowed down a bit, keep the ball away from Arkansas and Georgia? Or do you want to unleash Spencer Rattler um, on the SEC right away? Well, you have to, you know, play it by ear, Gene. I'm sure that they would like to go ahead and say, if Spencer can go out there, throw to this new crop of wideouts and tight ends and really break the game open early, let them play keep uh, catch up. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. But it's always going to depend on how the game goes. You do look at the, uh, the teams you're going to play. Arkansas is going to run the ball. They're going to try to slow it down. They're a team that won nine games last year and is very confident. Georgia, you know, they lost a lot of talent, but they did win the national championship last year, specifically on offense. You've got a couple of new running backs, but they're Georgia running backs. You know they're going to be good. You've got Stetson Bennett and you got Brock Bowers, meaning you ain't got to be an all-star QB if you've got that guy catching the ball for you. So they're going to use that. They're going to try to exploit it. I'm sure that USC will get into a situation that says they want to establish the run. There's no doubt about that. And if you look at it, Gene, last year, when they established the run early, they usually won. It worked. When they couldn't get the run established early, that's when they got led to problems. That's when they got led to blowouts at Texas A&M against Tennessee, against Clemson. So don't think that uh, Georgia or uh, Arkansas's defense will be quite to Clemson's caliber, but they're still going to be pretty good. So it will be take what they give you, try to exploit what you can, and if you can get that early touchdown, make them play catch up, so much the better. But it's one of those, uh, I guess, hole cards that you have, uh, Gene, with uh, Spencer Rattler, you know what he can do, but he's going to have to get, you know, back into his feel, into his rhythm as well. And you never know what that defense is going to do. It's like I've been saying in the preseason, there's a lot to like on this Gamecocks offense between their skill players. Their offensive line has played a lot of football, but if those guys don't play a lot better than they did last year, this whole experiment goes poof because Spencer Rattler can't be himself if he's flat on his back three seconds after the snap. Okay, David, I'm going to go to a subject that I know is uh, one of your favorites. I can't wait to see your reaction. But Northwestern uh, High School football? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Doing all, baby. Maybe. Uh, one of the biggest, most interesting, funnest, if you will, off-the-field stories this year in the SEC, at least in the last uh, several months, oh, maybe the last several years, was the Gamecocks changing of the live mascot guard from Sir Spur to the general. Two-part question. One, and I'm serious about this, and I congratulate you. You were all over this story. You broke it from the beginning and all the way through. Tell me how you kind of got that story. And then number two, even for me, having covered Gamecock football for 36 years, I was a little surprised at the just amazing passion out there in the fan base and how this story took off your thoughts on that. And again, how you broke this story. Well, it's crazy, Gene. I mean, uh, you know, South Carolina fans have their traditions and uh, you know, they don't like them when they change, they like things to stay the same. Uh, You know, they'll let you know quick if they don't like something new that you're trying to do and say it needs to be this way. So Sir Big Spur was never an official USC thing. 
it was a labor of love. Um, a, a lady I know very well, Mary Snelling. Uh, she's from Tiga K. I'm from Rock Hill, so I got to know her way back when. Uh, and she just started bringing the rooster to games back in 1999. And, uh, you know, it, it just kind of became a thing. They started taking into football games, started taking into baseball games. Eventually, USC got involved and said, hey, you know, if you'd like to take him on the sidelines, you know, in between the, the hedges at Williams-Price, we'll let you do that, you know, and it was cool. I mean, it wasn't a huge part of the tradition. It wasn't a huge part of game day, but still people knew who he was. And it was a neat little thing to have that was specifically South Carolina that lasted 20 years. But as I guess it was the beginning of August, I got an email from Mary and said, Hey, uh, you know, we've always appreciated your work and, and how kind you've been to us over the years. We've got a story if you want to hear it about Sir Bixby, I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. So I called him, and as they were kept going through this story, I thought, "Wow, this is going to turn into a thing, isn't it?" <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have read the story by now. Um, you know, uh, Mary Snelling and her husband Ron Albertelli, they feel very passionately about how the bird is supposed to look. It's supposed to look this uh, like it has for the past 20 years, according to them, which means that the comb which is this on top of the rooster's head, they, they clipped it. They like to keep it uh, uh, short. They thought it made the bird look more fierce, a little more mean, like a fighting gamecock. And the new birds, which they've handed the program off to another couple, Van and Beth Clark, has the comb attached. And this, uh, Mary and Ron didn't agree with that. And they said, well, you know, we'd like it to look like our birds did. And Beth Van said, with all due respect, we need to, we think that the comb needs to stay attached for the bird's health. Uh, what that does, Gene, the, the comb and the waddle, they act as basically an air conditioner, uh, you know, because chickens can't sweat. Did you know that? No, you didn't. So <laughs> reading your stuff, David, right. well, about roosters and swimming. There you go. So, um, you know, there was a little disagreement and the, the, the gauntlet thrown down by Ron Albertelli was, well, I own the naming rights. To Sir Big Spur. USC does not. And if they don't agree to have the bird look like we want it to look, we're not going to give them the naming rights. That contract ran out on August the 1st. So there was a need to rename it. The two sides did briefly talk, but they have not talked for weeks. And as you saw, they've renamed the bird the general uh, after the fighting Gamecocks namesake General Thomas Sumter of the Revolutionary War. Now, of course, this became another thing because another media outlet decided to run their own poll and said, vote for the names you like. Well, what they failed to clarify there was none of those names were suggested by USC. And USC was most likely not going to suggest any of those names or consider them. But when you run a poll and people vote on it and it becomes a viral thing, people start to think, well, that was the result, right? No. I'm not going to mention the name that they wanted here for decorum, but uh, it was never going to be USC's choice to choose that name. So it's renamed now. It's the general. They have a new perch for it. I don't know if they have a new remote control car. I guess we'll find out Saturday night. But either way, the bird, the rooster, which is now known as the general, he's also been, he debuted at the spring game. So this will be his first game with a new name. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had to brush up on my ornithology courses, uh, but hopefully this thing has all been settled. It's definitely unique. 
And the last thing I'll say about it, Gene, uh, Jacksonville State doesn't have to deal with this kind of thing. Well, I just want to say that uh, David Kloniger, the Post and Courier Gamecock beat writer, is in complete command of the Gamecock beat, and he is no mock commander. Mm -hmm. David, let's go to the Georgia State game, and I'm going to ask you for a prediction with a score included. Georgia State Panthers at South Carolina Gamecocks Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. Well, let's start with a prediction first, Gene. I think it'll be a hard-fought game, but USC pulls away late. I'm thinking a 38-21, maybe 38-17, something like that. But this is a dangerous team. Uh, like Shane Beamer said yesterday, with no disrespect to Eastern Illinois, who they beat 46 to nothing last year, Georgia State is no Eastern Illinois. Uh, they're a rel still a relatively new program, but they're at that spot, Gene, right now where every game they win, they're setting another kind of record. Uh, you know, this many wins in a row, this many wins over a period. They've won three straight bowl games uh, under Sean Elliott, who, of course, uh, USC's former offensive line coach and interim head coach when Steve Spurrier uh, quit in the middle of the 2015 season. But they're dangerous. They know what they're doing. They're going to run the football. They've got three guys back, including their quarterback, uh, who uh, spawned the number eight rushing attack in all of FCS last year. So I'm sorry, FBS last year. So these guys know what they're doing. And one of those running backs is Jemias Williams the prize of Will Muschamp's second recruiting class who played safety here at USC. And he played safety at Georgia state for a while before they said, Hey, um, you want to, you know, hold the ball in your hands a little more. And he ended up getting around eight yards of carry last year while he was rushing for over 800. So they know what they're doing, Gene. Uh, they're a good team. They're disciplined. They, there's not a lot of players who were on the 2019 uh, Georgia State squad that went to Neyland Stadium and beat Tennessee, but there's a couple. Uh, and there are a lot of players left who should have won at Auburn last year. They got hosed on a bad call, and, and credit to Auburn, they made a great play by blocking a punt and returning it for a touchdown, and that's what you know enabled them to win. But USC is not going to be able to take this lightly, um, and I don't think they are. The problem, though, is, Gene, as you all know, strange things happen in first games. You know, you never know after a month on the practice field if a guy is just going to be able to turn it on under the lights, to play like you know he can. And, you know, there'll be some crazy things. Um, I don't believe you were at the East Carolina game last year, which was game two, but East Carolina treated that like it was their Super Bowl. What'd they do on the first play? Hand it off to the tailback, threw a trick pass, touchdown, first play of the game. There's going to be some of that with Georgia State, especially if they get the ball first. So it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's not the kind of game that you're comfortable scheduling, but being college football and you schedule these things years in advance, it's what has popped up. So Sean Elliott doesn't come back to South Carolina in any kind of revenge or I'm going to show them. It's nothing like that. Sean still loves Columbia, still loves South Carolina. He still lives here in Columbia, but he wants to win this game. There's no doubt about that, and this will not be easy. I would not uh, be surprised, Gene, if this game is tied at halftime and South Carolina just kind of wears Georgia State down in the second half. Okay, well, thanks for joining us on our first edition of the 2022 season of Countdown to Kickoff. David, I'm going to go close to you, 35-17 Gamecocks over Georgia State. And before we sign off, I'd like to remind you again for the best newsletter in college football, go to postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now and please join us for more 
countdown to kickoffs as we go through South Carolina's 2022 Gamecock football season. Thanks, everybody. See you down the road.